0: Good morning. It's Thursday, April 23rd, and we are reading through the Bible. And today's reading is found in Second Samuel chapters 7 through 9. One of the most important chapters in the Old Testament is chapter 7 of 2 Samuel. If you know your Bible well, I hope when I say 2 Samuel 7, you immediately think of the Davidic covenant, a promise, a promise that God makes to David. And he says, you're going to be famous. You're going to have a land that you oversee. You are going to have a kingdom that's eternal. That necessitates an eternal son, an heir, a dynasty, a house that's going to be established, which is a bit of a play on words, even in English, of the idea of having a um, house that David wanted to build in terms of a uh, temple. And God says, I'm going to build you a house, and your house is going to be a dynasty, and there's going to be a king that comes from your line. Ultimately, we understand this, the son of David, uh, who will sit on a throne, and the prophets say... Uh, the extent of his government and the extent of his reign, there's going to be no end to it. Uh, it is a eternal in terms of time and, and um, an unyielding in terms of its scope of, of a kingdom, and, and yielding a yielding kind of, of um, leadership over the world. All peoples will be submitted to him, Daniel 7. Um, so many great passages I'm thinking of in terms of the Old Testament prophets regarding the greatness of David's son. So uh, that's the Davidic covenant of 2 Samuel 7. So read that carefully, read it slowly, uh, look beyond just the immediate context and Solomon as he enters into the picture in this prophecy. But then, of course, something eternal Uh, the fame, the peace, the house, the dynasty of David. Uh, Military conquests in chapter 8, which may seem ruthless from our perspective, but we understand the injustice that God is uh, seeing in the world, and um, he hates it, and he's going to bring judgment, not only eternally, but sometimes in this life he brings it, and he certainly did through David's military conquests. Chapter 9, David blesses uh, a paralytic, Mephibosheth, a relative of Jonathan and Saul, and he's good to him. What a great... Picture the compassion of David in uh, blessing someone for the sake of uh, their paternity and, and who they um, who their uh, parents were, their relatives were, and a good picture of our adoption in Christ certainly that we are blessed in Christ because of uh, the Father's love for uh, His Son and we of course our relationship with Him through adoption uh, get the blessing of that. So anyway, Second Samuel seven through nine, good reading for us today, and then the first half of Luke chapter nineteen. This is the story of jesus and zacchaeus and do not forget how hated the tax collectors of their day were uh, zacchaeus we think of him as this short guy climbing up in a tree and all that but think beyond just that picture of you know a short tax collector think of him as to how despised he was and jesus then goes to his home the repentance of Zacchaeus, the fruit of that repentance, that's, Im- that's immediately evident. And then Jesus talking about the fact that he's a true son of Abraham in the sense that he really has the faith that Abraham did, just like Abraham sacrificing Isaac or just about sacrificing was certainly in his heart on that altar. And so Zacchaeus reflects that same kind of uh, submission to the Word of God in this passage. Then of course we have a, um, the parable of the Ten Mina, the stewardship there about the kingdom that is going to be postponed, which is an interesting way that this is set up. In verse 11, it says he proceeded to tell them a parable because he was near to Jerusalem and because they supposed that the kingdom of God was to appear immediately. It's a rich theological statement because so many people think, well, the kingdom of God, it's come. Well, it has come in a sense. It is in your midst, as Jesus said, because the king was standing there. But now he's saying, well, it's not coming immediately. The kingdom's yet to come. And of course, we still look uh, to the future for the coming of the kingdom. We pray for it every day. And yet we have a taste of it because of our submission to the King. Our one another for today is found in the same passage that we got it from yesterday, Ephesians chapter 4, verse 32. But instead of focusing on being kind to one another, I want to focus on the second part of this, which is being tender-hearted, which is an interesting uh, compound word. Ooh, it's a Greek uh, particle for uh, for good. And then the word spelankton, which is a great word that deals with our gut. Uh, to have that sense of being... Um, um, sympathetic, to have, I mean, it's a weird way to put it, but the good inwards toward people, to uh, to have that sense of good in my heart that I need to work to see by God's grace and His work of His Spirit in my life. Uh, I need to really pray for that good inward feeling even toward people, as hard as that might be. We start with actions and we let our feelings catch up. And I just want to contrast it to verse 31. If you turn to it, uh, Ephesians chapter 432 is our verse that we need to be tender hearted toward each other. But verse 31 says, let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and slander be put away from you along with all malice. Look at those words in particular, bitterness, wrath, anger, and malice, those internal things in our hearts. And then it's replaced with this good gut word, right? Have a tender heart toward them. Have a, a kindly heart to uh, Toward them. So work today to be tender hearted toward one another. Work today by looking at those around you and say, I want to really to the depths and the inwardness of who I am. I want to have a heart that is, is feels good about those folks and to work to have that. If you have bitterness or clamor or anger, let it go and ask God to relieve that and, and to, to see that just drain from your life that you can start to have uh, a good disposition, a good sense of your kindness toward them and uh, in a way that would please the Lord so that you will be kind to one Another and tender hearted. We've already dealt with the forgiving each other, but a great trio of things in this passage. So be tender hearted toward, toward one another today and get to your Old Testament and New Testament reading. We'll be back tomorrow as we continue our reading through the Bible.